the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Thank you for listening. We love doing this. This is one of the highlights of my week. Hallelujah. So once again, we are endeavoring to get you to know the God of the Bible, not the God that mankind has reinvented to cover over our sins, to not hold us accountable, but the God of the Bible who loves us so much so that he corrects us. And I want to pick up on knowing God in judgment. The foundation scripture is Psalm 916. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. And so important. We've got the God of love down pretty well. We know God is love and he loves us and we got that. But an important aspect of that love is that he corrects us, that he judges us just like our parents. He even punishes us sometimes quite severely, but that's part of his love. His love is perfect. I want to talk about the fact that the church is failing our people, our charges in many areas, but the area by which I want to talk about today, once again, it's the sovereignty of God in judging us. People say that God isn't sovereign, and if he's not sovereign, then he doesn't have the right to judge us, because if he needs man's opinion, approval, if he needs man praying to him, if he needs man decreeing or confessing or declaring in order for him to act in the earth as a partner with man— then what man in his right mind would pray that God would judge us? So he doesn't need us to do that at all. It's just something that we've invented to cover over uh, any conviction by the Holy Spirit of God. But by not speaking about judgment in our churches, we're missing the opportunity to know God. And the foundation scripture says God is known by the judgment which he executes. And here's the key. We are not only missing the opportunity to know God, but we are missing the opportunity to know God as he wishes to be known. If this is true, then it would behoove us to investigate current judgments that are in the earth now. Amen? Especially in America. We know the God of love quite well, but we don't know the God of judgment. And the truth be told, he's the same God. Just judgment is part of the love of God that has been shed aboard in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we need to get open to our Bibles and read and find out, discover the God who in the Old Testament punishes people, who in the New Testament he punishes us too. We, we are misunderstanding God's grace. We're giving it um, power that it doesn't have. But we'll get back to that in another day. But I noticed that um, there was a pastor the other day that posted something about God's judgment that he was no longer going to judge anybody because he felt it was cruel and he thought it put us in a negative light. And I go, my goodness, this guy is a pastor. He's ministering. He's teaching people. 
But then again, I know with the church that he's going to, and I know that pastor, and I know that he's not doing anything either. So it's just fitting the, what is it, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but it's just amazing. So this guy said he was no longer going to judge anybody, and that's, that's great. Another leader refusing to hold people accountable in our churches. It's just ridiculous. I listened to three sermons this weekend, or two and a half actually, and it was interesting. One was great. I'll start off with the one that was great. It was David Reagan, Lamb and Lion Ministries, and uh, him and his uh, son-in-law, Nathan, they were talking about the judgment and the wrath of God. And I loved it. It was fabulous. It was rich. It was enlightening. I felt, what's the word? I felt refreshed after I heard it. It was no threat to me. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I'm born again. You know, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The worst thing that could happen to me is that I would die, which is actually in Christ. It's the best thing that could happen to you. You're going to go home to be with your family in the presence of the Lord. So the judgments and the wrath that he was speaking about, he was talking about them in the context of warning us that our sin is keeping us from uh, knowing God as we should. It's breaking our relationship, our fellowship with him. And we need to get that back, the fear of the Lord. We need to understand that sin causes us to turn our face away from God. His is always turned towards us. It causes us to turn our face away from God, and we miss knowing him as we should. But that was a wonderful 28 minutes. I enjoyed that. And then I started listening to somebody uh, who was visiting from another church, well-known guy, and he was talking about, but he goes, I got a word for the church. It's abundance. You know, at the end of the day, all that was was another prosperity message packaged up under a different name. And I felt so sorry for the people attending that church. And then I went to my brother's church to talk to him about what was going on. And he had a well-known local doctor, Hotze, Stephen Hotze, in there. And he was talking about the vaccination. And he was talking the vaccine. He was talking about what it did and how they had implanted something that they put into your blood. And that blood allows, get ready, allows it to be picked up by radio waves. Just amazing stuff that they're doing. It's right out of a movie. But once again, he's filling the body of Christ with warnings. He's giving us warnings about what the left, what the spirit of Antichrist already very active in the earth today is doing. And so on the one hand, I got warned about the judgments of God. I've got uh, warned about the wrath that is here, that is already upon the children of disobedience, not upon the church, upon the children of disobedience. I was warned and cautioned about the vaccine. That was very edifying. And like I said, the other one was just another prosperity message under a different name. And it's just, unfortunately, that's the norm in today's church society. That's what's being done. Uh, gospel light type of messages that don't uh, bring the Holy Spirit on the scene to convict the sinner of sin. Very disturbing, very disturbing. Another incident was related to me where a brother uh, was thinking that God does not judge the church today. And he used a lot, his lack of knowledge of Scripture to tell us that God didn't judge the early church. And since God doesn't judge the early church, he doesn't judge the church today because God's no respecter of persons. He's a consistent God. Well, you are right, my friend. God is a consistent God. He is the Lord. He changes not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But this nonsense that God never judged the early church, uh, I'm going to talk about that today, matter of fact, because I want to prove to you that God's judgments are in the earth in two ways. Number one, he's judging the church on a regular basis. And the truth be told, if we will judge ourselves, then we'll not be judged. But the judgment that God's doing on the earth today to get the attention of the lost 
that's not the judgment that we're going through. The church goes through judgments here while we're on the earth now. The world will go through a judgment when they're out of this earth later. But we are have been removed from that judgment by the fact that we judge ourselves now. And that's why it's so important to allow the Lord in the vehicles and the institutions that he's placed within the church to judge us daily. It's very important. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read this to you. The first one I want to do to prove that God judged the early church is in 1 Corinthians 5, 3 through 5, Paul writing to the church at Corinth. They were a very uh, carnal uh, town, Corinthians. Matter of fact, they were full of sexual depravity, and it was so well known throughout the entire region of Turkey that if you were committing some type of sexual wickedness, you were said to have been Corinthicizing. They actually named sexual depravity after that town. That's how wicked it was in that regard. And so Paul had to deal with these issues in that church as it was being birthed. First Corinthians 5, 3 through 5, uh, there was an incident where somebody was sleeping with his father's wife, I assume his stepmother, and the Corinthians, they were proud about it. They, they didn't repent and everything. And so Paul says, I need to step in here. So verse 3, 1 Corinthians 5, For I truly, as absent in body but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present, concerning him that has done this deed. Verse 4, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, and my spirit together with you, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, what he said is kick him out of your church. Turn him over to the world of Satan. Turn him over to the flesh. If he's not going to act like a Christian in the church, we don't want him in the church. Two reasons. Number one, I don't want you to think that that stuff is allowed in the church. And reason number two, purity. We need our church to be pure. We need our church to be holy. Paul was very firm about that. You know, Paul kicked him out of the church and he said, I want him out Uh, You can bring him back into the church after he's out in the world. That's turning him over to the flesh for the Satan. And that's where he will actually lose the covering of the church by being out of the church. And the idea being that his spirit might be saved while his flesh is being crucified out in the world. And truth be told, that met with success because he did repent. He was allowed back in the church and he was restored. So we have an instance there that... uh, God used Paul to judge within the church, and it worked. In verses 10 through 13, we're going to see the further reason, uh, if you read it, for ousting him from the church. It was for the sake of purity. Paul didn't want the man infecting them. We truly are our brother's keeper. I believe that with all of my heart. So Paul judged in the church in God's stead. Galatians 2.11, here's another instance. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because Peter was to be blamed. Here's a big deal. We are also to hold our leaders accountable for their actions. We had a friend of ours that told us she attended a church. Uh, She was looking for a new church. She went to a church, and it turns out that the pastor had an affair with the worship leader there, or one of the worship ladies. And he actually told the congregation that, I'm sorry, you don't hold me to account. You don't judge me. I'm a pastor. Only God judges me. And once again, this is not only did the guy mess up, but he doesn't understand judgment. You know, the world thinks of judgment as condemnation, and the church copies that. But the church is supposed to be judging for the 
correction of the person that's in error. And that's what it's all about. Uh, We in the church, we are judging not to condemn anybody. We're judging to correct people. When you talk to the homosexual and you say, hey, my friend, you know, that's sin. You're not going to go to hell because you're a homosexual. But that sin is evidence that you don't know God and your soul is in danger of eternal separation and damnation. That is a judgment for the sake of correction. That's the love of God. That's how the church judges. But because the church is so carnal, we think it's also judging for the sake of condemnation and nothing could be further from the tooth. So basically, uh, pastors are to be held accountable by other pastors. They have a responsibility to hear from God and to bring us a message on Sunday, Saturday, Wednesday, Tuesday, whenever you go to church. But Peter was making a mistake. Paul called him out. He says, I'm going to correct you. And it's so important because Peter responded. Peter received the correction. Very, very, very important. We must hold our leaders accountable. And while it is not my job to go knocking on pastor's doors, I am not a pastor, okay? I am a teacher. I could talk to a teacher, maybe think I could correct him or get him back on course. But pastors need to go to pastors. But the way that you hold your pastor accountable, if he's bringing you trash, if he's bringing you false doctrine, if he's living an unholy life, you quit going there. And you quit giving your money to them. And that's how you can hold them accountable and show them that, hey, you're off base. So let's not be foolish. Let's judge righteously as God wants us judging. And let's hold one another accountable. So we have another instance where God actually judged uh, the early church. Because the comment that this uh, friend made was that God doesn't judge the church. He didn't judge the early church well. Au contraire, mon ami. Let me go ahead and open up the Bible and give you the truth about that. Acts 5, 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Acts 5, 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he died. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. Then his wife came in a little bit later, uh, the account goes, and the same thing happened. Then she fell down straight away at Peter's feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, found her dead, carrying her forth, buried her with her husband. Catch this. God himself killed both Ananias and Sapphira for lying to the Holy Ghost, lying to him in the church. New Testament. That's not Old Testament. New Testament. And what is God trying to do? God's trying to give us the message. Hey, There will be purity in my church. There will be no carnality in my church. There will be no compromise in my church. I am the Lord God. I watch over my church. If you're lying to my people in church, if you are lying to the Holy Spirit of God, there's a chance you may die. Get that settled in your brain, folks. And it is so, so important. We don't hold anybody to account. This happened under grace, by the way, people. This happened under the new covenant, by the way, people. We need to learn our Bibles. God judged the church in the old days. Judgment begins at the house of God. God will judge the church in today's uh, society, today's culture, today's environment, today's era of grace. Yes, it happened even under grace. God killed both Ananias and his wife for lying to him in the church. That, my friends, is biblical judgment. Judgment that's missing from today's church. And let me show you what else is missing from today's church that we refuse to judge that's missing. If we don't bother to hold one another accountable, this is what can happen. Okay. But once it did happen, look what happened. Verse uh, 5. Ananias, hearing these words, gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all those that heard these things. 
verse 11. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. The fear of the Lord is missing. Why? Because judgment is missing. When judgment within the church is missing, the fear of the Lord is missing. But when it took place, verse 11, great fear came upon all them in the church. Could you imagine if God started wiping out people in your church that were lying to him? That would fix that problem in a hurry. Okay, so great fear came upon the church. The fear of the Lord is missing in today's church. Verse 12, what else is missing? And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. That took place when great fear fell upon the church. So there's no fear in today's churches, and neither are there any signs and wonders being done among the people. Why? Because there's no judgment in the church. Get that settled in your heart. Verse 14, what else happened? And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Multitudes were added to the church. Why? Because God judged sin in the church. I cannot reiterate it. I cannot overstate it. We must go back to judging sin in our churches, not for the sake of condemning them, but for the sake of correcting them that the church would be the holy entity God called it to be. There's more that's going on that's missing because we don't do judgment in the church. Verses 15 and 16. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. And they laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Public healings are missing. Why are public healings missing? Because there's no judgment in the church. There's no judgment in the church. There's no fear in the church. There's no fear of the Lord in the church. There's no public healings. There's no being people, multitudes being added to the church. There's no signs and wonders in the church. All this is missing when judgment is missing. And verse 5, there came also a multitude out of the cities round about, I'm sorry, this is number 5, verse 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. What is missing? Deliverances. People being delivered from demonic entities. That's missing also. Why is that missing? Because there's no judgment in the church. When there's judgment in the church, it leads to the fear of the Lord. When there is the fear of the Lord, the miracles of God will start manifesting again. The church will start growing again. Here's one that you could probably say we'll do without. Verse 18. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Persecution is also missing. But understand in the Bible, persecution is not necessarily it's a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a sign that you're living a holy life. Yes, it, it's terrible that uh, we're losing 100,000 saints a year. They're being crucified mainly in the Muslim countries, and they're losing their lives for Christ. But man, their reward is so great. But that's what's missing when there's no fear of the Lord because there's no judgment in the churches. But What's missing about that also? The seventh thing, verse 19, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought forth them, Peter and Paul. So we see angelic visitations of deliverance are missing for the church also. There are seven things right there that are missing that are important manifestations of the presence of God in today's churches because we don't judge one another. I mean, at some point, today's churches are going to have to take back the characteristics of the early church. We're going to have to start imitating their behavior to include judging each other within the church. But notice, here it began by God's supernatural judgment on the saints in the church. 
yes, resulting in death. But that's okay. That's more evidence that God is sovereign in the earth. He can do what he wants. You know, and I say this every week, it seems, you know, if God needs to bring disaster upon a nation to get it to repent and bring it to its knees, he'll do it. God himself killed 20,000 Jews because of sexual impurity with the prophets of Baal Peor, with the women and with the temple prostitutes. And God slew 20,000 of them and Israel repented. And then they walked into the opportunity to receive the blessings of the Lord again. But not in America. We flee persecution. We'll do whatever the government tells us to do. When we deny God by saying that he's not sovereign in the earth, when we deny God the right to operate in the church today, specifically by his judgments, don't forget, God is known by the judgments which he executes. When we deny him the right to be Lord in the earth, then we deny him the right to judge in the earth, and we don't know him as he wants to be known. Oh, boy. And don't forget, if we don't teach the truth that his judgments are there for correction, they're not for condemnation. I think that's what scares many people. They think when you say God's judgment, he's talking about condemning you. That is not what we are talking about. Jesus Christ said, this is not that time. I did not come to condemn you. I came that the world through me might have life and have it more abundantly. The judgments, the intermediate judgments, the remedial judgments that are on the earth They're not to condemn us. They're to correct us. And it's a loving aspect of our father. But, you know, when I was growing up, I did not have the right to tell my dad he couldn't spank me or slap me around or whoop me with the belt when I was bad. And who do we think we ought to do that with God? I mean, we are so far lost. I I think sometimes that the church is more lost than the world is lost. We profess to know God. We're sinning against against grace. We're sinning against the light. We've got to come to understand that God's word is absolute. God's word is true. Hallelujah. When we deny God the right to operate in the earth today, unless man first prays or decrees or declares that he can, we remove his ability to judge us for correction. Here's the problem. That's how he reveals himself to us. What we lose is our ability to hear from him. We lose our ability to get his message out. We lose our ability to understand him. And we lose our ability to witness to the world that he loves us, that he must judge us because of our sin. Uh, I don't have too much time, but I did want to open this topic up really quickly. In uh, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one and 32, in fitting with that, Paul closes that aspect of judgment within the church by saying this, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. Why? That we should not be condemned with the world. Can you get that, guys? Okay. Remember, the world is already condemned. Satan's already been judged. Okay. And so what he's saying here, though, my church, my church needs to judge itself. If my church will not judge itself, I will judge within the church and my judgment will be harsh. But understand that it's because he loves us like the guy that Paul kicked out of the church. He kicked him out. It seemed hard. He wasn't allowed to get under the covering and the protection and the fellowship of the church anymore. But he put him out into the world that he would come to himself as the prodigal did. He will recognize he's a sinner repent and come back into the fellowship and has his fellowship with God restored. But here Paul says, if we would judge ourselves on a daily basis, uh, if we would not just cover over everything, let everything slide, don't hold one another accountable, if we would do that, then we would be chastened by God and we would repent and fellowship would be restored. But he's trying to keep us 
from being condemned with the world. The church is not to be condemned with the world. That's not who we are. The church is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are to judge all things righteously with the judgment of Christ. We are to be a holy people, a royal priesthood. That's who we are. We have an assignment from God to be witnesses, to demonstrate all aspect of God's character. His love, his sacrifice, his His judgment, yes, his rebuke, um, his correction. This is all part of the love of God, but we're focusing on the blessings of God rather than the aspects that grow us. And for that reason, we're not growing in the kingdom. Paul is trying to keep us from the condemning judgments that the world is coming under, that God will bring on the world. That judgment is not for Christians. You need to understand that. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to clarify the biblical position on judgment. I thank you, Father God, that the people that listen to this, that you would open the eyes of their understanding, Father God. The Bible says, the entrance of your word giveth light, so shall your word be that goes forth in the earth. It will not return void, but it shall prosper into the thing whereto I send it. Father God, under the anointing of the Spirit of God, I send your word into their hearts. I rebuke a spirit of blindness over them, Father God. Minister to them your truth and your great love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.